Well, good morning. So good to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Sunday morning. I, I want to uh, just uh, give a couple of quick announcements. First of all, we have some more of our 40-day prayer journals. If you did not get one or you know someone, maybe a shut-in who needs one, they're here on the front. Uh, we're going to we're on day 21 today. 21 today. And I read it, Ron. I read it. It's okay. Um, but uh, if, if you get one today, just start with us on day 21 today, and, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to get I, I've heard so many wonderful testimonies about this, and, and we want you to have that blessing as well. So you come and, and take one of these 40-day prayer journals and, and get started on it. Uh, Sunday nights, we are in Nehemiah. We're almost done, actually. I think we have two more messages in the book of Nehemiah. And they have been so eye-opening and revealing to us as a church. So I want to encourage you to come back tonight at 5 o'clock for that. And then Wednesday night, we begin a new series. And this is going to be fun. It's the book of Ruth. And uh, in the book of Ruth, it's teaching us how to find God's will just by being patient and, and seeing the providence of God. So come uh, 6 o'clock on Wednesday night for the book of Ruth. But for today, we're going to be in Psalm 121. You know, when you were growing up, you heard your parents say, eat your vegetables, they'll help you grow up big and strong. And then you went to school and the phys ed teacher said, you need to start lifting weights and exercising, climbing ropes and a bunch of dumb stuff like that. Said, you, it'll get you big and strong. And this point of life where I'm at, you go to see the doctor and the doctor says, Get all the rest you can to keep up your strength. Uh, I like that guy. Um, I'm, I'm doing, taking that advice. Where do you get strength? We get strength by eating correctly. We get strength by exercise. That's all good. We get strength by rest. This is physical strength. But there's other kinds of strength that we need. We need mental strength. We can get that by reading good books, reading the Bible, uh, that kind of thing. Doing uh, puzzles will help you in your mental strength it'll really help a lot and then there's strength of character we get strength of character by doing the right thing continually being moral in our life making right choices and having strength of character and then of course what we're going to talk about today is spiritual strength so where do you find strength you know there are a lot of people in this world who find strength in a pill or a bottle or a book you know, these self-help books that are, you know, just constantly hitting the bookshelves. But here's the problem. Those fade away. And then you need another pill. You need another bottle. You need another book. And when all of those things are, are taken into account, the, the pills, the bottles, and books, you find yourself empty. We're going to hear from our, our text today in the psalm. The psalmist finds his strength in the Lord. If you have your Bibles open, 121 verses 1 and 2, it says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Notice there's a period there. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, period. I'll explain why. From where comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You know, back in the Bible days, the people... They believe that God, the gods lived up in the hills, up in the mountains. And that's why a lot of times you hear uh, in reading in the scripture, you'll hear them building uh, 
what are they called, uh, temples, altars, that's the word I was looking for, altars up in the hills. And uh, they believed that that's where they had to go to worship God, worship up in hell. In fact, the Tower of Babel, you know the Tower of Babel was simply a man trying to make a mountain in the plain area so that they could have a place where they could commune with God? Well, the psalmist is saying, I don't need to look to the mountains for my strength. That's not where my God resides. I find my strength in God. I'm going to look to God. God gives you the strength every day. Sometimes we need God to give us strength to endure a hardship, to do a difficult task, something he's called us to do, and we know that we're not equipped, so we call on God. He strengthens us to do that. Or sometimes he needs to give you strength just to get through the day, amen? We've had those days, haven't we? When you face daily challenges, it is Christ that gives you the energy and the endurance to go on. And we're not without resources as Christians today to find his strength. In fact, I'm going to give you three resources, three sources of strength. And his resources are all that we need. Since he's the one who created us, he knows us, and he's the one who gave these to us, we know that we are going to be able to endure as we take hold of these three resources we're going to talk about today. So what are they? First of all, we gain strength from the word of God right here. This is where we'll find our strength. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatsoever was written in former days was written for our instruction and through endurance and through the encouragement of the scripture, we may find hope. All the scripture, the Bible says, is profitable. It teaches. It guides. It provides comfort. It tells us what God wanted to say. You know, the Bible, we call it the Word of God, but you know it's actually the words of God, the very words of God. He's the writer. He inspired humans to write it, but it's his words that he placed together, and, and, and he has accurately recorded some horrifying incidents in the lives of his people to give us courage. That's why he wrote it down. So we could find courage, we could find strength when we're going through a hard time. People have found themselves in some pretty incredible circumstances in the Old Testament, New Testament as well. And it was only when God stepped in that the people found hope. Think about Joseph. You know the story of Joseph, right, in the book of Genesis. Now here's Joseph, and he really didn't do anything wrong. He was the favorite son uh, of his father, and, and his brothers hated him for it. So what did they do? They, they, first of all, they thought about just killing him, having it over with, but then they couldn't, they couldn't do that. And, and so they sold him into slavery. They sold him into Egypt. And, and he went into Egypt. He was bought by this man, Potiphar. And Potiphar brought him into his, into his home and, and gave him charge over the whole household after some time. And, and then uh, he was falsely accused. Here's another thing. Joseph didn't have anything to do with it, but he was falsely accused of attacking the master's wife, and thrown into prison. There in prison, he, he just languished there. He helped some of the guys that were in prison um, by, by, um, through some dreams and interpretations, and, and they, they got out. Then they forgot about Joseph, left him there. 
It wasn't until God intervened in Joseph's life that God was able to get him out of prison and not prison. Not only that, he set him on the throne of Egypt, the second in charge of the entire nation of Egypt. So when, we, when we're having a hard time and we feel like we're just languishing, we're just, you know, one thing after another coming upon us, think about the life of Joseph. And then think about what God was able to do in Joseph's life to bring him out. The same God that Joseph served, you served. And he can do the same for you. How about Peter? Peter in the Old Testament. We, we find a story in the Bible where he was in a storm, a literal storm that was going on. And, and uh, we, we go through storms in life, emotional storms, financial storms, personal storms, um, spiritual storms. When Peter was on this boat, he looked out and, and he saw Jesus. And, and here he is in this storm and he said, Jesus, if that's really you, call on me and, and I'll walk out to you. He said, come on, Peter. I want you to picture this. Peter, I don't think Peter tiptoed out of that boat. I, I don't think he tested well. I think he took a hold of that boat and he threw his legs over it and he was walking on water. Let me take a poll of the church. How many of you have walked on water? Nobody's raising their hand. Peter did. Well, we just, we just naysay Peter, don't we? Uh, yeah, but he, he sank. Yeah, but he walked on water. Peter walked on water, and he walked on water until he started looking at his circumstances instead of looking at his God. See, that's the difference. When we're going through a storm in life, what we do is we, we concentrate on the circumstances, don't we? we? We think about what we're going through right now. We need to keep and fix our eyes on Jesus. Look to him. When Peter began to sink, he cries out, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches in and he rescues him. We, we read in the word of God um, all these stories that give us strength and courage every day. And that's why we need to be in the word of God every day. That's how we're going to be reminded of our, our great and powerful God. His words can comfort when we're hurting. It can encourage when we're down. It'll set you back on track when you stray. I, I, I want to encourage you to do this. Every morning, wake up and read the Psalms. One Psalm, two Psalms. You know, some of them are longer than others, but spend some time in the Psalms every day. It's the heart of God. And, and just in that morning time, you know, you're getting your coffee or your Diet Coke, in my case. You sit there and just read through the Psalms. If nobody's around, read them out loud. That way you're reading them and hearing them. It's a wonderful experience. Read from the Psalms every day. If you want to get into reading your Bible daily, don't start with Genesis and treat this like a book, okay? You don't start at page one and read all the way through. What will happen is you'll, you'll get into some of these texts that have long lists of names like we have on Sunday night, you know. And, and, and do like I do. I skip. I can't read them anyway. But go, go to a book like John. If you want to read a book, The Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is a wonderful, um, I guess, micro look into Jesus' life. It will really encourage you. If you read the book of John. Other things to do is read stories in the Bible. You know, read the story of Noah. Read the story of Jonah. 
read these stories that where, where God has done wonderful, amazing things in the life of the believer. And it will give you courage. Now listen, there's a place for all that other stuff, all, all those lists of names. The, the Bible is inspiring. All of the word of God is inspired. I can find encouragement. I taught this on Sunday night that those lists of names were important because if God took the time to make sure that they're in this book, he's going to take the time to make sure my name is in his book, the book of life. So I do find courage in that, but I still can't read them. I don't, I can't, I don't know what they are. They're hard names. There ain't no Bill or Bob in the whole Bible. What I'm trying to tell, it, it tell you is the word of God is essential for your spiritual life. It's the original soul food. It really is. It, it is milk for the young Christian. It is bread for the growing Christian. It's meat for the mature Christian. You know what that describes? Sausage, gravy, and biscuits. <laughs> Think about it. It's all there. Every day you need to eat. And, and in fact, some of us eat more than once every day. We need to be in the Bible every day, more than once every day, taking it in as spiritual food. You know, uh, we, we want strength, so we, we eat right, we exercise, we do some things. We need to do the same thing with our scripture. We need to read it, study it, we need to memorize it. When's the last time you memorized a verse of scripture? I mean, you have the old ones that you, you did in, in Bible drills when you were a kid, yeah. But, I mean, lately, have you sat down and tried to memorize a verse of Scripture? Well, my mind can't take that. You'll be surprised what it can take. The psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That means memorize. Have it there so that when you're just driving down the road or walking down the hall or something, that Scripture can come. And it'll give you strength. We find strength in the word of God. Secondly, we find strength from prayer. We find strength from prayer. I want to go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 uh, and, and verses 2 through 4. It says, we give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers beloved by God, that he has chosen you. When we are praying for other people, what happens is we begin to see changes in their life. We begin to see them drawing closer to God. We begin to see them working for the Lord. And, and we become encouraged because we were praying for them. A lot of you have prayed for my family this week. I want to tell you, your prayers have been effective. God has really just lifted us up because of, of your prayers. This, this terrible thing that happened to our family, and I, I called on some prayer warriors, and we, we put out the message to pray, and we immediately felt the relief. And, and even, even with this 40 days of prayer, since we kicked this off, I have noticed a change as God is answering prayers every day. So many people have given me testimonies of what, what God is doing through their prayers, strengthening them. 
So we, we gain strength by people praying for us, but we gain strength by praying for people, praying for one another because we hear of God's mighty power. When we pray for others, we're strengthened. We see God hear our prayers, and we know that he's answering our prayers. In James chapter 4, when he's talking about praying in faith, believing, James gives us a reminder from the Old Testament. He says, there was a guy named Elijah, a guy just like us, same passion, same problems that we have, and yet he prayed in three and a half years it did not rain on the face of the earth. Wow, really? And then he prayed again, and the rains came. That just tells us how powerful God is, how great he is. It tells me that God hears us, God answers us. And we can draw strength from prayer, whether we're doing the praying or others are praying for us. Whatever you pray, here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine walking into God's throne room. There he is, high and lifted up. The angels are flying around, holy, 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 just like Isaiah found. And, and you're coming and he goes, shh, everybody, Bill's here. Let's hear what he has to say. God hears our prayers, beloved. He listens to us when we pray. When you come into his throne room, you're all that he's got, all that he's listening to. And I, I can just see him working out the plan that he's going to do for you. He's the one that invited you to come. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace where you can obtain mercy, find grace and help in time of need. That word boldly means speak out frankly, bluntly to God. Boy, you can just pour your heart out to God when you're hurting, when you're angry. You can come to him and just pour your heart out because what, what is it? It's a throne of grace, a throne of grace, a place of acceptance. You are accepted into the presence of God because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we find mercy. We find help in time of need. We find compassion there. When you do call out to God in prayer, he's going to throw you a rope. Just like Peter. Lord, save me. There was the hand of Jesus pulling him out. When you call out to God, he will throw you a rope. That's what he means when he says help in time of need. At the right time and the right way, he will help you out of your problem. What a great God who strengthens us when we pray. Now, here's the third final way that we find strength. We gain strength from relying on God. We find strength by relying on God, having faith in God. I'm sure you're familiar with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is ready to ascend into heaven. He turns to his disciples and he says, But you will receive power, strength, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That word that is used in uh, power uh, is the Greek word dunamis, and no big deal, but uh, it's the, where we get our word dynamite. That's, that's this, the guy who invented dynamite took that word dunamis and he said, there's something inside this bag or something inside this stick that has an intrinsic power. And that's what God was telling us. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. And inside of us, we have the power of God. It's strength from God. It's not explosive power that we have, but it's a power from within. To put it properly, it means to have an ability to perform. 
for the believer, that means you have the power inside of you, who is the Holy Spirit, to power to achieve whatever God has called you to do by applying God's inherent abilities. Power through God's ability. It is when we rely on God's Holy Spirit that we realize the strength and the power that we need to do what he has called us to do. Revelation chapter 14. In Revelation chapter 14, he says this. He said, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, write this. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their deeds follow them. Sometimes it's hard to just let go and let God like the old preachers used to say. Sometimes when we pray, we still try to work out the problem on our own instead of having patience, instead of relying on God to show us his plan to work out his way. Relying on God is trusting him, having faith in him. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saint. This passage in Revelation 14 is referring to tribulation saints who are refusing to follow the Antichrist. They don't fall in the way of the world. They keep their eye on Jesus. They obey him even to the end, even unto death. But the best of that passage, it says, blessed. That means happy are they that die in the Lord. When we endure to the end, we find the greatest strength. We find a happiness that can only come from being with the Lord. Then God says of these saints, they rest from their labors. Some of you have already retired and you thought, man, I can't wait to retire, right? Well, I'm going to rest then. Everybody who ever retired, you know what they tell me? I work more now than I ever did. But let me tell you something. That word rest isn't talking about um, when it says rest from their labor, it's not talking about uh, work. Uh, Jesus said one day we're going to rest from our labors. That, wor that word uh, labors there. See, a lot of people think work is part of the curse. I want you to hear that. Work was not a part of the curse. Adam was working in the garden before he fell into sin. Work is a blessing. Work is something we're supposed to want to do, enjoy doing. So work is not a part of the curse. The, the word here, labors, actually means difficulties, trials, persecutions, the hard part of the day. That, that's, that's all part of the curse. It's telling us in this world, we're going to have a hard way to go. And that's the born again as well as the lost people. This world is going to be a tough road to walk but harder for the Christian because we're that twice-born person in the once-born world. It will be a fight every day for the Christian that seeks to follow the Lord, to obey his word. But one day, we're all going to find ourselves in heaven, and we're going to find rest. No more trials, no more pain, no more sin, no more Satan, no more suffering, 
These things are all going to pass away. Rest and strength will be ours. And our testimony will remain. That last part of that verse, Jesus says, and their works do follow them. You will be remembered by the Lord. Down here, they may not pat you on the back. They may forget what you've done, but Jesus never will. He's written everything down. The first thing that's going to happen when we get to heaven is everything about our life is going to be tried by fire, and the only thing left will be what you do for Christ. And that will be your reward. It's not easy to obey God, especially in this world where the rest of this world is pulling you down. We see today so many things being called good that just a generation ago was evil. But that's what the Bible says. It says, woe to them that call good evil and evil good. That's a picture of our day to day. What we, what we used to think you should never ever do is, is public knowledge now. And it's hard to stand up for what is right. Especially when we, we find that there's other people who call themselves Christians that are working on the other side. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 has a horrifying thing to say about the church the church mind you says now the spirit expressly says that in latter times in the last days some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and listen to this the teachings of demons the church are going to be led astray no longer following the word of god deceiving spirits we are seeing that today, and it's going to get worse. So where are you going to turn? It's time today to get strong. Those people who ran that, that race last night, I mean, uh, I, it, it took all I can to walk from the parking lot to the finish line and back, you know. You know what they did, though? They didn't start yesterday. They started weeks ago months ago training getting ready for that race and and they they come across and and they finish the race that's where we need to be beloved we need to start training now we need to get ready now we need to build our strength now so that we can stand against the evil one who wants to come in and divide where are you going to find your strength for these last days what will you cling to will you be seduced by deceptive teaching, it's time to get into shape, to get strong in the Lord. And there are three places that God has given us to exercise, to get strong. He's given us his word. He's given us prayer. And we have to have faith and rely on God. And I pray that you find your strength today in this message through his word. This morning, we're going to have an invitation. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we would love to tell you how you can be saved. Maybe you want to join the church, be baptized, whatever your need may be. I'm going to be here at the front to receive you. But I want to invite the church to come again this Sunday morning as we go through our 40 days of prayer. I want to invite you to come to this altar just to pray for your church. You can, you can come to the front pew. You can come here and kneel. You can stand. Whatever you need to do, just come. And let's, let's pray for our church. Let's pray for our future that God is going to lead us, guide us, and direct us into all good things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
I do pray that we would become strong in you. We can only find strength by relying upon you.